Welcome to the Pro Wrestling For You podcast. Snap, crackle and cheap pops. And here's your host, Mr. Phil Woodvine. That's right, ladies and gents. It is yet another bloody episode of Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops. I am, of course, Mr. Phil Woodvine. But on today's show, we've got someone very, very cool. We've got a former Pro Wrestling Feud champion and genuinely one of the nicest guys in any locker room you're going to find in any parts of the world. So please allow me to introduce to you, Mr. Kev Lloyd. Kev, how the bloody hell are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. How, how are you doing? I am not too shabby, mate. Not too shabby. I'm... Uh, Sat against the radiator in my spare room with a beer and my dog staring at me. It, it's it's a weird combo, but you know what? It's locked down, and it so we're all rules are out the window. Yeah, well, to an extent. <laughs> I'm mean, like, look, I've got I've got to ask. Obviously, I know yeah, you've been with person uh, person for you for a while, but I don't know too much necessarily about your past. Is this the longest gap you've taken away from the business? Yes, uh, I started training in 2011. And then, so I think, yeah, this will be coming up my 10th year in pro wrestling. And, yeah, so I've been involved for like 10, nearly 10 years now. And so this will be the longest, this will be the longest I've done, not even done any grappling or anything either. I mean, have you got any sort of like nagging injuries that kind of thanking you for this at the minute? Uh, not really. I know a lot of guys complain about like, you know, the, the, the back hurts or things like that. I've never really had any proper injuries the yeah. the main thing is my wrists uh jumping off the top rope a lot and sometimes i might not always go to plan and i, I you know I bash my uh, my wrists into the mat so some um i struggle doing press-ups and things like that but yeah lockdown i've been able now to get away with a bit of maybe burpees or uh press-ups and that but my my wrists have healed a little bit more because like I did a uh, an episode with the the three guys of AWOL and they're all young guys. I mean, they're like nineteen, twenty, and twenty five ish. And even they were just saying not even not having to do bumps. Like their body's thanking them for it, and they've only been in this business two, three years. So uh, oh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's silver there's silver linings to everything. I'm one of those glass half full kind of guys, you know. Uh, at least it's giving some people some necks and knees and elbows and all this stuff to kind of heal up. So silver lining, ain't it? Silver lining. I think the biggest thing, though, is, like, for the past, like, few years, I've been, like, nearly every weekend I've been travelling to a different town, doing another wrestling show. And then in the week I'll be training as well, not only, like, the, the pro wrestling, but also the grappling and uh, the, the gym training in the morning. And it gets exhausting sometimes. So it has been nice to kind of live yeah. a bit more of a, a normal life. <laughs> um, <laughs> don't be wrong, like, sometimes lockdown, I lost my head and, you know, uh, not being able to, you know, I'm an athlete and being trapped inside all the time. It wasn't great, but it's kind of been nice to, I've never watched so much TV. <laughs> I'm actually get, I'm actually getting my money's worth out of Netflix. and. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going I'm to have to ask, would you stay in the Cecil Hotel? You must have watched that one. Uh, actually, that's on my next, that's on my next list. I've only just actually <laughs> recently got into watching serial killer stuff, so. Bloody hell. Yeah, I'm only just, it's a new thing to me. So I don't know what that says about us as like a people, because like everyone I know watches serial killer stuff on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Like we're all just fascinated by these people that are doing really bloody horrible things. I Hopefully that's like, that just means we're good people and we're never going to do any of that crazy shit. But <laughs> yeah, I think it's know. an outlook like, wow, do people actually think like this? Or it's mind blowing, isn't it? Now, 
How people's <laughs> brains function. Yeah, but when you do get onto that Cecil Hotel, um, I think it's like four episodes. Yeah, it was, it's superb, really superb. And you do kind of get a bit, a, a bit of a, re- a resolution kind of at the end. They do kind of let on what more than likely happened. Obviously, there's no way of guarantee proving it, but it's 99% kind of it kind of makes sense that it can't really be anything else, but it is superb. Honestly, make sure that move it to the top of your list. It is superb. Yeah. I want to. Yeah. So we're obviously, we're going to get into uh, your pro wrestling few stuff a little bit later on. Cause I've got a lot that obviously I want to talk about. And I know that, you know, a couple of the questions I'm going to ask you now, obviously we've not planned this in advance, but knowing what you know, you've told me over the years and all this sort of thing, I've got a few questions I do want to ask, but we're going to get to that later on. What I, I genuinely do not recall when I first met you, when I first heard of you. Um, any ideas? Uh, no, not sure. No. Because <laughs> um, you pop up in person for you, it's the sort of four-year anniversary. It's like March the 6th, 2015. Um, so you'd have been sort of four years into the business. Now, I, for anyone listening to this, if, like, I'm, I'm going to put my words carefully, but if, like, you know, lockdown has kind of taken its toll on a lot of our midriffs and stuff at the minute, we're probably not all eating particularly great. Um, you've got to check out Kev's Glow Up. I think that's what the kids are calling it these days, a glow up. Um, you put a picture on from when you are, you know, you were a younger kid, and there's nothing wrong, but you just, you look like just, I don't want to say like an average Kev, because that, that means a lot to the press and few audience. But you just look like an average guy, and then a few years later, you are tanned up. You are cut up to pieces. You are, you like you carved out of stone. I mean, that is a glow up in the half, mate. Yeah, I was. Um, in fact, when I first got Sally, I wanted to be a pro wrestler. I knew I would have to have a good physique because everyone that I watched on TV, you know, and this is like 2002. Everyone's like. You're Triple H, and everyone's got an amazing physique. So I always thought I'm gonna have to have a good physique. So I think when I was like 16, I got a gym membership. Yeah. And then I've always worked out from home, but when I got when I turned 16, I got my gym membership, and then I was just smashing the gym, and I was like, I want to be a pro wrestler. And then over time, I kind of realised, oh, I could actually maybe try out for a bodybuilding competition, and you know, and, and the gym was my life um, at the time. I, in fact, that was before. I even did any pro wrestling training, so yeah, I got into I, I got into bodybuilding competitions and uh, the first time round, yeah, I did two competitions. So the first time round, the prep was for me mentally was I, I enjoyed it. And I was I was on the ball. The second time round, oh, it's the hardest thing I've ever done. And, uh, like people don't realize when you when you're dropping your body fat down, you feel uh, you feel crap. You know, everything like your testosterone drops and you're just, oh, you're just, you know, um, and then you're craving foods and uh, that you can't have. Uh, people around you eating pizzas and you're having to eat <laughs> <laughs> just like plain chicken and all that. And, uh, oh, I, I, I threw a paddy. I remember coming up to my second competition, I threw a paddy. And I was like, no, I'm not doing it anymore. And then I started eating normally for a few days and then I thought, oh, actually, I should probably get back on it again so i started started cutting again but afterwards when you look at the photos like i'm really proud of them and i'm you know i'm, I'm really happy with them but oh 
yeah, I'd I would never do a competition again. I mean, like <laughs> just just paint like a like a little picture of um, like what that is for people. I mean, correct, like, correct me if I'm wrong. Is it you are eating a lot, you're working out a lot, so you're getting a lot of calories in, and then what, like a couple of weeks before the competition, you drop down, so your body burns the calories it's taken on. Like, fill in some blanks for me, because obviously I'm not particularly in the best shape humanly possible. I'm not the best person to give this explanation. But yeah, give us a little explanation, like how, like, what does that look like? What kind of um, sort of routines does uh, your body go through? Well, I was... I was working out in the gym anyway. I, I loved it. I enjoyed it. So I'd always had, you know, uh, some muscle mass on me. There'll be guys who will go through like a, a bulking phase and a cutting phase, you know, who, who compete uh, throughout the years. Whereas for me, it was kind of like, you know what, I'll give this a try. So I was, I was in good shape. And then I started cutting. But I mean, I can't recall the, num- uh, the time now, but it might have been about four months out or maybe a bit more. I think, no, I think it was about four months out, and I said, right, I'm going to start cutting. And basically, I would start watching my calories, and I'd start decreasing my calories. So now I'm burning more through exercise than I am actually eating. So then yeah. I start losing weight. But then you get to a point when, okay, I'm not losing any more weight, so I have to drop my calories even further. And as time goes on, and then you start getting down to, you know, like your, your lower uh, digits of body fat. So... You know, when you're like forty uh, percent body fat, you can drop body, you can drop quite a lot of weight. Uh, you know, a lot easier than when you're like five percent body fat. Yeah. Those last little bits of body fat that's it's hard to drop. Your your body does not want to give that out. So you're having to, you know, yeah. And I was training twice a day. I was doing my, my weights yeah. in the morning. I do my cardio in the evening. Uh, and you just, but it, it's it's a lifestyle. Like you can't. Um, you just got to be completely, it's got to be your life altogether, everything that you think about. And then not only are you doing all that, you're also having to practice posing because at, at the end of the day, you get on stage, you're going to um, show your physique off and there's the best poses. And it's not just, I mean, I, I'm not like an experienced bodybuilder, but when I was, you know, when I was prepping for it, the, the other guys on stage next to you, like you want the eyes on you, you don't want the eyes on them. Yeah. And there's, you know, and and even things as well, like your haircut, um, your fake tan, um, <laughs> like uh, so you get a special as well. You, you get a special like fake tan for it. When I say special, it's pretty much they just spray you as dark as possible, and you don't wash it off. So you're you're just you're literally like you're literally black all over. You, you know, and then uh. But I went down to London because I was competing at, in St. Albans and I got my spray tan done. And, I, you know, they completely, I'm, I'm so dark. Like, it's ridiculous. And then I went into, I had to go to Sainsbury's and the people <laughs> looking at me, uh, well, I was competing with my friends. So the amount of people looking at the both of us thinking, oh, my God, like, <laughs> these guys, their tans are terrible. You can clearly tell, like, we're, we're two white lads. but our tans are ridiculous on us and um yeah like, like uh, i'm gonna guess the, the, is it did they spray you that dark because it shows off the muscles more rather than reflective kind of white pasty skin i'm, I'm right yeah. to... you don't want to be too bright under the lights yeah like, like uh you go on holiday or or even sunbeds or even or if you have a fake tan yourself 
Uh, you always look better with a tan, don't you? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yes. I always feel better uh, with a tan. You know, like, all your muscles and everything just kind of show out better. And it's the same thing. It's just... But the, the main thing is the lights will wash you out. That's the word. They'll wash you out. Uh, you. Yeah, so you just want to be uh, be dark for that. I mean, I suppose that kind of like works for pro wrestling as well as bodybuilding as well, isn't it? I mean, one like one thing I always got told early doors is don't look like the audience, don't dress like the audience. If they're typically sort of white Caucasian males in an audience, you want to look as different for them as possible. You want to be tanned. You want to look like a superstar because if you look like a superstar and act like a superstar, sound like a superstar, people are going to treat you like a superstar. And then they'll pay to see you, they'll pay for pictures after, blah, 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 that kind of thing. So I suppose it's kind of a good lesson for pro wrestling as well, you know? Yeah, definitely. Uh, that's why I changed my, my haircut as well, like, a few years ago when I a bit more of the, the mohawk style. Yeah. I don't even know what you'll call that mullet, I don't know. <laughs> but uh, that was another reason why I changed my hairstyle, because I don't want to look like someone, um, someone told me, it's like Gibson told me. Uh, you look like you work in an office. Uh, and I thought, oh, okay, yeah. And then, so I went out and I went to the hairdressers. I was like, uh, I want to look like a wrestler. <laughs> and then we came <laughs> this idea. So, yeah, I totally agree. It's You want to look different. You want to look like a, a superstar compared to the audience. I mean, well, let's be honest, wrestling and mullets, they do go hand in hand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, obviously, in the mid, Zach Gibson's not really got much uh, choice with his haircut. I mean, uh, the very first pressing few show, he had quite sort of uh, maybe like a bob, probably yeah, sort of shoulder length hair. Now, bald as an egg kind of thing. But uh, you know what? He, he makes it. He makes it work. And like seventy, I think it was. It's about seventy percent of the pressing few roster is bald with a beard. Like, so, obviously, when shows come back on and uh, you're back down this end, please, just keep, you keep your hair. Oh, I, I yeah, I hope I do. I do. Yeah, I like, I like my hair. Yeah, I'd be mortified if, um, I think, it's part of getting older anyway as a male, isn't it? Like, you start, you know, your late 20s, your hair recedes a tiny bit. Um, yeah, you think you get like, this is going to sound like such a weird uh, topic for a pressing, pressing podcast. But I, I'm 36, I'll be 37 in a few months. Like, I've started getting kind of hair in places I didn't used to get hair before, like on the top mm. of my shoulders. I'm like, where the fuck has that come from? Like, a yeah. couple on top of my ears, which is fucking weird. Yeah. Because yeah, I've got a few years on you, aren't you? Like, how old are you now? I'll be 30 next month. So, yeah, so, yeah, so you've got all this to come, mate. Once you get in your 30s, you're going to get, like, back hair and things like that. <laughs> it's more to shave in it for shows. Ah. So I'm going to have to ask, um, wrestling fan growing up? Yeah. Uh, I, I remember, well, when I was in primary school, uh, do you remember when you had the PS1 and you yeah. get games? So someone gave me SmackDown 2, and now I wasn't a wrestling fan at all, but my mates, were all, they all wanted to come out to my house to play on SmackDown 2, and I didn't like wrestling, and it got to the point where I hated it, because all my friends all just come around just to play SmackDown 2, and I was like, oh, why are we playing wrestling? Ugh. And, then in, and then in primary school, you know, let's play wrestling, and I didn't watch it and, and all this, and I was like, oh, I hate wrestling, Ugh. and all this, and then... 
it wasn't until 2002, so I would have been like 11. I saw it on, yeah, and I saw it on TV. Uh, I turned it on, and it was when Edge, Edge and Kurt Angle were in a segment where Kurt Angle's releasing his, uh, unveiling his new T-shirt. And yeah. when Edge reveals it on SmackDown, it says, you suck. But, and I, was in, I remember that was the first moment I turned on TV, and I was hooked on it. Because uh, I knew, I was like, oh, he's out the game. And, you know, I'm out with SmackDown 2. And I recognize all these wrestlers that are SmackDown 2 that have been made to play through for hours with my friends. So, yeah. So, and then since 2002, uh, loved it. And I've, I've, yeah, I've never looked, never looked away. See, I, you've said something that, that's kind of like really fucking interesting. Because 2002, like, there was a big resurgence. It was mainly on sort of Paul Heyman's when he took over SmackDown, roughly 2002 ish. Um, yeah. There was a lot of like, quote unquote, body guys, like the Matt Morgans, the Nathan Jones, uh, Mark Jindrax. Like, I, I, I can kind of see why you, you, you look at it wrestling in 2002. And wanting to be a body guy, I can totally see that inspiration. Because in 2002, it was it was filled to the brim. I mean, wrestling's always been great bodies anyway. But now, sort of early 2000s, you've got chiseled down great bodies rather than um, I don't want to say kind of gassed up big bodies like in the 80s, like you're the big uh, kind of wrestlers. So yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense because you know, people tend to whatever they grow up watching is whatever they tend to want to do. So pressing few shows tend to be what I used to like watching late 80s, early 90s, because I'm old as fuck. Um, so, yeah, that, that, make, that, that makes a lot of sense. Like, yeah, it's, uh, I get it now. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and also, I say, like, now they're more, like, athletes now, aren't they? They're not. Yeah. You know, they're not huge. But, yeah, it definitely had an impact on me. I, I remember even watching Spider-Man, uh, Spider-Man cartoon in the late 90s. I think it was mid-90s. And even then, like, all the characters had six-packs if they ever had the shirt off. So I always thought that this is how you're, you're meant to look, you know, a, a, as a male. Yes. I remember everyone would have a six-pack in the cartoons and things like that. So that was kind of instilled into me of, right, I need a six-pack. That's, I, I guess that's, that's culture for you, isn't it? Or, or the media. Yeah, I mean, there's the, if you've ever seen that bigger, strong, what's it called? bigger, stronger, faster, the side effects of being American, it's like a documentary about... Uh, steroids and um, bodybuilding, this sort of thing, and you got like um, it's like um, morality, you know, uh, public morals. So they'll have like an action figure from the fifties. It's just a doll where the guy is just no six pack, no anything, and then they've kind of categorised from the fifties right up to modern day action figures. And also, oh yeah, the seventies they start giving them biceps. 80s, the biceps, the triceps, they're giving them some doubts, they're giving them six packs. The 90s, 2000s, they're giving them like external obliques and lats and, and glutes. Um, yeah. It's, yeah, it's one of them things. You know, it, it drip feeds into people's minds. And especially when you're a kid, you're very impressionable. If you grow up thinking this is what people should look like, you, you're going to naturally go down that route. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, I'm going to have to ask, obviously, um, wasn't a big wrestling fan um, early doors, so then you're kind of getting into it. What made you go from being a fan of watching to wanting to do it? Because there are plenty and plenty of people out there that just want to watch the show. They want to 
buy a belt, buy some t-shirts, go to some shows, maybe write some little bits on the internet or blogs, vlogs, any of that sort of stuff. What made you cross that line into thinking, I've got to give it, a, I've got to give it a go. I've got to see, like, if I can do it, if this is this is for me. Well, I remember in so in high school, and it's always it's a lot of pressure in high school, isn't there? With what you're going to do when you're older, what you're going to do when you leave high school, and I didn't know what I wanted to do, but I knew for sure that I really like wrestling. And I remember sitting, and, and as well, all these documentaries that you watch, or I should say, like. Uh, you know the DVDs that you watch for like Eddie Guerrero yeah. and uh, and like Chris Benoit and all them. And uh, I'm sorry to say, but that one stood out for me because I remember watching the Chris Benoit documentary, and he he was a kid and he grew up wanting to be a wrestler, and then he became a wrestler. And yeah. for me, that was like, wow, okay, you can actually, if you put your mind to it, you can you could actually do it. So that was one thing where, and I remember being sat. Uh, in a classroom when I was 14, so I would have been year nine, I remember thinking, do you know what? I want to be a wrestler. And I then started, as, as, and I planned it out as well. So I, and over the years, I thought, right, okay, I need to go to the gym. So I got a gym membership early. And then I remember thinking, right, I want to, I need to have a, like a special style to stand out. So I really liked Rob Van Dan. So right, yeah. and I started a lot. And then as time went on, I started picking up different, things and then eventually got into pro wrestling training and then that's where we are now but yeah as as a kid it's the only thing and still as an adult it's the only thing i'm 100 percent sure on that i want to do with my life so that's that's yeah. i love because I, like I, lo- I love to ask people that question because and nearly everyone kind of gives the same answer that just that they don't know what they want to do but they do that they love wrestling and if they, if they can make it work um, they're gonna give it a go because I mean I'm I'm 36. I still don't know what I want to like what I want to do, you know. Um, I just love pro wrestling and pro wrestling for you, and it's just like fuck it. If I can do this for the rest of my life, I'll, yeah. I'll be a very happy chappy, you know. I've uh, yeah, I was I say I'm, I'm I'm pretty old and I'm, there's like six years difference between me and you, but like I grew up watching wrestling in the late 80s. I mean, from the age of five or six, we had like an uncle that would take me bits off Sky and. Just watching, you know, these uh, larger than life characters, I thought I want to fucking do that. Now I don't think me dressing up as Where's Wally is really paying too much of a tribute to you know, <laughs> to that. But fuck it, it's closer than I ever thought I'd ever get. So, you know, my uh, you know career counselor, whatever it was in high school, can uh, can kiss my ass. <laughs> yeah, well, it's always fun as well when the. When people look back as well. Uh, well in fact, in, in high school, I always kept it to myself anyway. It was, used to get, uh, I don't know, use this word, skitted. <laughs> used to get picked on uh, if you if you like wrestling or if you want to be a wrestler. And I, I never really told anyone, but it's nice to hear now when teachers and things, they find out that this is what I'm doing now. And it, it, it's nice to see, like, you know, they made up for you. Yeah. I mean, like to be to to be fair though, like in yeah, when you say something like that to to a teacher that's in, you know, like a normal job, or you teaching to like a normal day in day out job, uh, I'm sure wrestling does sound crazy, and especially 20 years ago when there wasn't an NXT NXT UK. I mean, the idea of even buying a wrestling belt when I was a kid, 
would have blown my mind. Now you can just you can get one on the Euroshop and it's with you in three days. Mm. Uh, like it's much more. It's on your doorstep. It's on your phone. You can get to it very very easily. Whereas twenty years ago, it would seem going to WWE would be unobtainable. So I kind of get people's you know, perception. If you say, I'm going to be a pro wrestler, they're going to think, hmm. Okay, maybe have a backup plan, learn a trade, be a plumber, just just in case. You never know. You never know. That kind of thing. Um, like I, I don't even know where, where you started training. Like literally, you just on my radar. Two thousand and fifteen, reached out for the first few, but I genuinely can't remember where I would have saw you, where I would have heard about you to get in contact to say, do you want to come down to the Silverdale Working Men's Club? Do you want to do a pressing few show? Um, I'm gonna guess, judging by your location. Uh, training at RWA. I, I'm going to definitely go back through my messages. So, like, I'm intrigued now because I've been in this uh, wrestling for 14 years, and like I forget a lot of stuff. I and mean, that sounds really bad, but I can't remember when I've met people and all this sort of, st- you know, all this sort of thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, but you came in at the you know, the four year anniversary show rather than uh, than just you know show earlier in the year, later in the year, whatever. So we must we we must have had an idea in mind for you at that point to bring you on, a, on, on an anniversary show because typically the first show of the year, the one in March, is always kind of, I don't want to say treated like our WrestleMania, but it kind of is treated like our WrestleMania. It's, it's, we put on a bit more airs and graces. We try and make that show of the year um, more special than anything else. So however we, we went about meeting, um, it, it must have been a good interaction for us to brought you in for that show. Yeah, I, I should hope so. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, obviously, before we get into the sort of pro wrestling view stuff, because I, I was, I've got some little bits and pieces, I'm going to, I'm going to segue you into the first of our two game show segments. It is called Unpopular Opinions. Now, I did this on the last show, I did it went quite well, so I'm, I'm going to do it again with you. Um, what I want to know from you, like I want like an unpopular opinion from you. I want a match stipulation that. You really like, but that other people don't tend to. I really like actual proper wrestling. So whether it's more technical style. In fact, when I watch pro wrestling, my favorite bit of the match will be the opening few minutes. When it, that, and that's when you get all the uh, the technical wrestling, or the mat wrestling, or the, you know the actual grappling. That's that's I'm really into that kind of stuff. I know a lot of people think it's boring because it's not theatrical or... Like, British wrestling tended to, to have a lot of that, and there's not that much about that anymore for you know, for one reason or another. Do you reckon, like, we've kind of lost our identity a little bit? I feel like we've been Americanized a lot. I feel... Uh, so when I started pro wrestling training, I was... Uh, the, the style that I learned... There's a lot of stuff that they, they used to do, you know, the World of Sport days, that has kind of been forgotten. And then I've learned it recently over the years, training at Square Circle, uh, Wrestling Academy, I've learned the British style. And I've kind of gone, ah, okay, this makes more sense. And you see, there's certain things I see when I'm watching, especially when I watch, like, wrestling in 2002. There's a lot of stuff, and I kind of go, oh, that wasn't great, or... These are the basic fundamentals yeah. that, you, I, I, that you pick on now. But yeah, I feel the way, for example, the way you whip someone off the ropes, there's like a British style and there's like the American style. And there's, there's a few little differences as well. 
Uh, but I, yeah, I feel like we've been Americanized quite a bit. It's, it's a shame as well. I, I love the British style. I've done a few, quite a few um, British rounds matches now. And uh, they're probably my favorite type of match to actually do. Because it's just, you're just doing it on the fly. And it's just, you know, um, yeah. And it's rounds as well. It's, it's yeah. quite, you know, it's unique compared to what the Americans are doing. I mean, like, is there is there like a, a way back? I mean, do you see a future where we've kind of I don't want to say gone back to the future because that sounds a bit fucking stupid, but mm-hmm. do you see us ever kind of going back to that, or are we too far gone, too far Americanized? I think the fans are too used to what they see on TV, and that they, they think that as as wrestling. I feel like we could still do British rounds matches, but maybe as a you know, like you have like the tag team match. Yeah. And you might have the I don't know the street fight or whatever on the you know, on the card. I feel like if you had one British rounds match, that it could be a, a nice little niche for people. Yeah, it, it's it's different. Everyone's used to having you know uh, just the one pinfall for like a ten fifteen minute match. But it'd be nice to every so often throw in like I don't know uh, best of five rounds. And you could tell a really good story as well over yeah. those five rounds as well. If you if you you know if you plan ahead or if you uh, you can tell a really good story. But yeah, I, I feel like we've been too Americanized, which is a shame. Yeah, I'm, I know I've got like a podcast with uh, Dean Mark coming up soon, which like, I'm looking forward to. I think he I, he kind of sounds like he says the kind of the same things that you do. Like he, yeah, obviously he's got such a big love for the old school. British wrestling, but I kind of think he's found a like a good halfway house where he'll he'll chuck in some old school British wrestling, some old old tech, but he'll keep the slightly more flashy stuff as well. So maybe like we don't need to go all the way back to doing British style. We can do a bit of half and half, perhaps. Yeah, uh, yeah, you can you can still start a match and. Actually, include more. Uh, well, there's certain like moves or spots and things that are like, maybe you know British. <laughs> uh, you know, so you can still include them, and it's you know have a different flavour to what everyone else is doing in the card. Um, so obviously, I do want to get it back onto you a little bit. Now, I didn't know this, but you were you kind of came into this business. Was it Kev Steele? Is this right? Have I, have I done my research properly? Oh, no. <laughs> well, I think I've done my research probably by the sound of that. Well, uh, okay, so I came... I was always meant to be Sexy Kev. And in, in the beginning, you want your bookings and you're, you're afraid to, you know, to piss anyone off. And I get booked for... I won't say it, but I get booked for this particular promotion. And so first, outside prom- uh, booking out my home promotion. My home promotion was GPW. Yeah. So first, this particular promotion is going to book me, this other promotion, and I see the match graphic that they announce, and it says Sexy Kev Steel. No, 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 sorry. It says Sexy Kev Cummings, as in C-U-M-M-I-N-G-S, Cummings. And I was like, and I thought, that's not my name. So I messaged the promoter, and I said, I'm really looking forward to the booking, but... I could see that you've changed my name on the match graphic. And he says, oh, well, 
we thought you needed a last name, so we just went with Cummings. And I was like, for God's sake. <laughs> you know, you can at least ask me if you're going to give me your last name. So he was adamant he wanted a last name. So I was like, right, well, okay, uh, Steel. And I just went with that. You know, like Lexington Steel, if you, <laughs> if you know who that is. Oh, fucking hell. Um, yeah, but that's, there's a match graphic. It, it pops around every so often. Someone will share it again and we all laugh about it. One of the other lads and rest of them will share it. How, how did I not know this? Yeah, oh. uh, it's something I'm not very proud of. It's not even my fault. <laughs> Someone else's. I mean, I was a bit worried when you said GPW because uh, when when I did the episode with Drill, he mentioned that Johnny Brannigan gave Drill the name of it, like because he was kind of like a romper stomper, football hooligan um, kind of guy. He gave Drill the, the name of Dwight Power. I was like, fuck. So as soon as you said like GPW for oh no 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 please don't, let's let's not 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 have enough one of those because Dwight Power is probably as bad a name as you could possibly fucking get. Well, Kev Cummings is right up there, mate. If you pardon the praising. No, yeah, I was uh, I wasn't happy, but I say in, in the beginning you don't want to piss anyone off. You want you're just thankful to have that booking and yeah. So and I was really like oh, but anyway, yeah. Changed it to Steel, and eventually, I think it kind of trusted in the sexy Kev character and dropped the surname. For anyone that, that knows you, right, you're I don't, you're not necessarily like a shy guy, but yeah, you, you're a, you're a really nice, pleasant sort of subtle kind of guy. You're not an over the top, arrogant kind of kind of prick. Yeah, you know, some people could uh, think you you may be a bit quiet compared to a lot of people in this business. So the contrast between you being like a genuinely lovely guy to this hit gyrating um, kind of character. Like, how did that come about? Um, well, so I was the, the actual character. Uh, I was training at GPW feet, you know, in the beginning. And like Johnny Browning is really good um, at coming up with, you know, characters. And, and he came up with the character of Sexy Kev. But it kind of happened, the way it happened was I was, so I, we're at training and you don't really know what your character is going to be as, as time goes on. And he says, uh, Kev, I've got this idea for you. What if you were like a James Bond kind of character? You know, like a, like a ladies man. Yeah. So I, I remember that week I went home and I watched like uh, Pretty in Pink and all these like chick flicks to get an idea of a ladies man. And then I came back the next week. And he straight away just calls me Sexy Kev. And everyone kind of went, huh? And then from then on, whenever you know, I get in the ring, people will be like, Kev, or Sexy Kev, do this. Kev, do that. And I, my character eventually went from like a ladies' man to just stripper. And I just, like, we're in training, and I just start, like, stripping off clothes and all that. And, you know, and, uh, and well, I, as we're wrestling, it's all in banter. And eventually, the character was kind of just born through that. So when it came to actually making my debut on GPW, Johnny says, well, what do you want to be called? And I said, uh, I want to be called Sexy Kev. It was a nickname in training. But I thought, you know what? I, I really like it. So, And that's what we went with. That's amazing. I mean, like, let's be honest. That compared to Kev Cummings, it's like night and day. Sexy Kev is superb. Um, so, so I've got to ask, obviously, um... 
sort of more recent times, you've gone a bit more down that sort of straight-laced kind of route. Like, is this a sidestep of the character? I mean, are you fine with playing both versions of Kev? Well, one of the reasons that came about was because I had my tryout with WWE back in 2017. And uh, there's a few things going on, but one of them I found out that they're not really interested in the sexy Kev character because that character's been done like hundreds of times. You know, it's probably one of the most generic characters in wrestling. <laughs> so they wanted to see me as Kevin Lloyd. Can I actually speak and cut a promo? Because they're probably going to rebrand me anyway if they sign me. Another one is my wrestling. So when I had matches, it would always be, oh, all you need to do is gyrate and you don't really do, need to do that. Just do, just gyrate and just strip your pants off. And But I was, I could do... You know, I, I could shoot for double legs. I can do all this grappling stuff. I can do this cool stuff. And people were telling me that you couldn't do any of that. And I was getting a bit fed up of... I felt like it was the actual sexy Kev gimmick was kind of holding me back of wrestling the style that I wanted to wrestle. Yeah. So that was, that was another thing as well. And I thought, is the name Sexy Kev going to end up main eventing, you know, like, like progress um, at the time? I thought, no. I thought, you know, Kevin Lloyd might do, but I, I, did, I couldn't see the name Sexy Kev main event in the bill of, you know, one of the biggest shows in the country. So that was another reason as well. I thought, right, I need to change things up. And, yeah, so I, I, I you know, I, I, went, I went a different direction. I started doing more wrestling matches. And, you know, I, I've had some, you know, really good matches as well with, you know, I started facing some different opponents and I was wrestling a style that, you know, I really enjoyed. But the only problem with that was because, uh, sorry, the only problem with that was Sexy Kev gets such a reaction out of the crowd. So I rip off my pants and everyone pops and, you know, yeah. the crowd and all that. Whereas when I'm doing the, just the straight wrestler gimmick, yeah, I'm having good matches, but I'm not really getting that bounce off the crowd like I did before, you know, as Sexy Kev. So, it had its positives and negatives. Um, I mean, when things return, I'm just, do you know what? Sexy Kev's coming back. But yeah, I'm just going to be combining the two. Um, you know, having great matches, but also still super pants and all that. But yeah, I went down a different route. And, it, you know, it's uh, trying to make, make a name for myself as a wrestler. And I feel like I have done that. I feel like people actually do recognize me now as being a good uh, being a good wrestler, being a good mat wrestler. Yeah, I mean, I mean I, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, as a promoter, like, I'd prefer someone kind of come to me with maybe like two, sometimes three characters that, yeah, if, if like I'm after a straight shooting heel, you've got that covered. If I'm after a light hearted, fun, interactive baby face, you've got that covered. You're not going to the promoter with 10 characters, but you're going with maybe two or maybe three really strong um, sort of um, personas. That I think that makes, that makes you more viable for a booking. Yeah, it gave me the option to fit into more slots and different shows because some shows as well, they don't want... Uh, in fact, I couldn't get booked for certain shows because they said, well, we're not, we don't really want the sexy thing on our show. You know, it's a family show. Not not realizing it. You know, sexy Kev's very tongue in cheek. Um, yeah. You know, PG. But 
yeah, so some places would be like, we're not keen on it. Or other places might be like, it's not the kind of thing our show's about. You know, we're more of a, you know, grizzled adult kind of show. Yeah. So doing the Kev Lloyd thing gave me options to then slot into those roles as well. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Well, the, yeah. the more you, the, the more you've got to offer, the more chance you're going to get a booking. Obviously, if you went to promote and said, "Look, I've got 20 characters," none of them that they're going to be all so watered down that you wouldn't be able to commit. But at least if you've got two or three versions of what you can do, that for, yeah, speaking as a promoter, that for me makes you a more viable, stronger booking option. I, I think that that's a good route to go down. Have more than one string to your bow. Yeah. Uh... I say it's it, it keeps things interesting for me as well. I was doing so over the years, you know, like there's a sexy Kev match, and I, I mean I know this match because it's the same match I've had for years. <laughs> we always go to a different town, and to be honest, I was getting a bit I was getting a bit bored of it myself. So it's kind of nice to you know with the different characters and then facing different opponents. And, you know, it gives me it keeps wrestling more interesting for me and. It's an art as well, making you know this uh, this performance, you could say. So in that sense, it's you know it made it more interesting. If I had different yeah. characters, I could do. Like I'm, I'm speaking of different characters now, I've got to ask about this. I'm not entirely certain of the name, so if the balls are up, I do apologise. And I have stalked your Facebook this past week, so I want to write a few notes. Is it the unsexy Kev? Is is that right? Oh yeah, unsexy Kev. <laughs> yeah. So, so talk talk me through this because so that's what I was trying to like find the one and ask some questions about it, but I found very little on it. That was up in up in Morecambe. They had Alpha Omega wrestling, <laughs> and the storyline was so I had a tag team partner, and eventually he went away for a few months, and sexy Kev just lost his mojo. He was unhappy, and he re- he reverted back into what was unsexy Kev and do, do you know why it was fun uh, I would I would actually wear they went out and they bought loads of random clothes from the charity shop and with, you know I had like a Hawaiian a green like Hawaiian flower shirt with uh, these kind of like chino pants I had bungees <laughs> that go over your shoulder you know the yeah that look pants over your shoulder I had them on uh, I just had a sweatshirt, uh, sweatshirt on as well, and I had, I had this like woolly, not woolly hat. Um, I, I had this like winter. I can't even think of the term, but it's like this winter hat I had on, and I just looked an absolute, you know, uh, <laughs> just I just look weird. And I had come out. In fact, the first time I was going to come out, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't even know what my music was going to sound like, and I was going to have a match with someone. Uh, I had this, just before my he's he's gone out already and he's in the ring, and my music hits and it's like boom 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 <laughs> like my music, and I thought oh okay so I went out the curtain and I just improvised I did it as if I was like messing around with my girlfriend at home just like you know just trying to make a laugh I was trying to make myself laugh when I went out. And I just going out, and I'm just I, I that was it. I had, uh, they gave me a bag full of train magazines. <laughs> so, and, I, and again, I didn't plan anything. So I went out, and I was just like, I was plodding, literally plodding, like a, like a penguin to the ring. And I'm just like, 
uh, cheesy wave. Hello, everyone. And I get my train. <laughs> you like trains? And I'm going up to each member of the crowd going, oh, look at this red one. Oh, I love this red one. I've just been like, really, you know, I, I'm more trying to make myself laugh. Um, but it went down really well. And then you got everyone in the crowd, people were sad. In fact, the lads, the, the, the boys are on the, uh, on the balcony watching and they said they were in tears laughing. And yeah, it was, it was fun. And I didn't really do much wrestling, to be honest. It was more just kind of gimmick. Um, and crowd the, work and stuff like that. Yeah, like the, the match always went as well. I would be towards the, they're beating me up. And towards the end, I'm getting fired up. And I tease, I guess, because I'd, I'd wrestle in all these clothes as well. I'd be sweating. Um, in fact, if I ever wrestled without the pants on and had my sexy Kev shorts on, I'd have tape Xing out the sexy word. I'd, I'd <laughs> cross it because I'm not sexy anymore. But as I'm, uh, I'm wrestling in all these clothes, and then I'd start as I'm making my comeback. <clears throat> as I'm making my comeback, I start teasing. I'm going to start ripping off the clothes. And the crowd's going, yeah, yeah, go on. And I've got my shirt as if I'm going to take it off. And then the heel would cut me off and then, you know, and beat yeah. me. And it was always, for months, it was, that was always the tease of, um, you know, is, is Sexy Kev going to turn? Sorry, is Unsexy Kev going to turn back into Sexy Kev? And that was every match. And I love it. it. The biggest pop I've ever, ever had myself it's awesome up in Mork and the, the crowd is dead loud and they're dead passionate. It's it's it is really like it's it's brilliant to wrestle there and the it was the rumble and I come out as unsexy Kev and I get eliminated and then you know and I go to the back and then later a few space about four spaces later and then I come out, you know, the timer goes down and I come out onto the entrance, no music. In my unsexy cab clothes, and the crowd's like, oh. and then I just start stripping everything off, taking off your know, t-shirt, and my, hat, my pants, and then uh, I had these bright, you know, I had this new wrestling gear underneath. I had this purple, all these purple trunks, bright purple trunks, and the crowd was just—they just erupted. It was amazing, and then the adrenaline rush for me, I was like, yeah, and then uh, you know, sexy cab, and then the sexy cab music hit, and that was it. Then I ran down to the ring, and that was the biggest pop. I've ever heard, but for me, that is, um, it, was, it was brilliant. It was oh, I think that there's got to be a lesson in this for some young wrestler somewhere, because uh, <clears throat> I've been on shows before, and I've told this story a few times. I was up in, um, I think it was Burnley for Unstoppable Wrestling, and uh, I was watching Drill Wrestle in a onesie. It's got like one of those story time or adventure time, whatever the show's called, onesie. And I was stood on the entrance, and a couple of young uh, talents, which are like, I won't, give out their names, I don't think that's fair. We're kind of like watching Drill wrestle in this onesie and saying, oh, you wouldn't catch me doing that. I looks bloody stupid. I want people laughing at me. And you go, well, it, that's part of what we do. People feel comfortable when they can laugh at you and can laugh with you. I mean, Drill was over as fuck that night. I mean, everyone wanted pictures with him and buying his merch and no one really came up to these young lads. Or Drill was willing to kind of put himself out there and act a bit silly and whatever, and it was over. So I think if you know, unsexy Kev can teach any of the young talent listening to this a lesson, it's got to be maybe don't take yourself too too seriously so that you can't enjoy it because that's kind of what we do. We entertain people. Well, it is well. It's what 
what do the fans remember? Uh, you know, and, and they remember moments, don't they? So, like, Unsexy Cable or Drill wrestling in a onesie, everyone, you know, after the show, everyone's like, oh, there's that guy who was wrestling in a onesie, and everyone wants an autograph from him. You know, people will remember stuff, whereas if you've, and unfortunately, like, because I, I kind of found this myself, was doing just the uh, straight wrestler gimmick, if people don't remember stuff, they're less likely to, you know, to come up for you, up, uh, come up to you for an autograph. Yeah. If if you do something memorable, or you know, character wise and all that, yeah, people like kids will come up to you and they'll be like, "Oh, you're that funny guy," and they want an autograph from you, and you know, so memorable moments. It's a, it's a good yeah. thing to do. Which is a perfect segue because I want to start talking about yourself in pro wrestling for you. Now, you know what I'm going to ask right out the gates. March yeah. 2011. Because I know you've told me this story and I really want to uh, tell the listeners this story. So I'm just going to shut up and, and let you tell it. So before you even came to pressing for you to, to wrestle in 2015 for the four-year anniversary, the very first ever pro wrestling for you show, Kev was there. So uh, Kev, please take it away. <laughs> yeah, so uh, 2011, my mates, I didn't go to university, but my mate went to university at, at Keele University. Yeah. And he says to me, uh, Kev, there's some you know, pro wrestling on, uh, at the uh, student union. Now, I've never, I don't think I'd ever seen pro wrestling in the UK at, at that time. So I was like dead excited. I was like, yeah. So we went to the, I went to his, staying over at his university. We went to the student union, and you know, and cheap. Uh, so drinks are cheap as well in there. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I was really excited. So I'm, I'm just slashing these drinks, you know, like vodka and cokes and that. And the rest <laughs> starts. And um, I, I remember. <laughs> well, I remember the first half of the show, and <laughs> and um, I remember I was just I, I remember being as I was that one. You, know, you got that one person in the crowd who's just loud on their own and yeah. being that guy and I was like yeah do it again and you know I'm just you know and, uh, anyway I think it came to it came to uh, the interval and I, one of uh, so, so my mate I've seen my, my friend's university but uh, some of his mates they were like do you want to come to the, uh, the the wrestlers changing room so I was like yeah okay so I went to the wrestlers changing room and I, I can't even remember who it was I was talking to because I surely I remember now, but I can't remember who I was talking to. And I walked in, and I, I asked them a question, but I remember it came out so slurred, and they just went, "Get out!" <laughs> then, uh, and then I remember the, the bouncer then threw me out the building for being too drunk, and I never got to see the second half of the uh, interval. Uh, so after the interval, I never got to see the second second half. Wow! I mean. Like, we, we, for, for anyone that's ever been to uni, those bouncers have seen it all. They have seen states beyond states. So how bad must you have looked or acted that they had to chuck you out? That's amazing. I don't know. Maybe I was just overexcited. Maybe they thought I was that excited. I must have been on something else. But I don't even Yeah, I'm a big wrestling fan, so I was, I was pretty excited. So, I, when I... I remember when I first met you, that's the first, one of the first things I told you in the first, like, five, ten minutes. I remember telling you, I was like, I've, I, I've came to your show a few years ago. <laughs> and I told you that story and you laughed. 
Well, um, like, like, yeah, like, <laughs> oh fucking hell! So if you'd have, if you'd have left during the sort of interval, uh, I, 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 again, but that that's crazy that that was the first ever show that you went and saw. Again, like I didn't know that little that little bit of info. So for me, that that's super fucking cool because you fast forward X amount of years later, you're the champion of that company, which for me is pretty fucking cool, mate. You know? Yeah, it's cool for me as well. Um, but like I love that you, you would have got to saw me perform because I was with uh, Fight Club versus the Myers for that show obviously you're never going to remember because if you're that smashed you, you've got no chance of remembering it but <laughs> I, I have gone back and looked through all the audience pictures of that night it's about 400 pictures because we had like two camera ladies like I mean we went all out for that show it was a fucking expensive show I don't know how we're still running shows now based on how much that show cost us but it, it worked your way, it worked. But I've gone through all those pictures. I can't find you. I'm absolutely fucking gutted. <laughs> I'd, um, yeah, I'd have short hair at the time, but I know, I remember where I was stood. But as I say, like, it, it would have only been the first half because the second half I was, I was gone. <laughs> well, yeah, because you, you told me where you were stood. And I was like, that's cool, that's cool. I, I, I remember literally you sat on, on like a day off. I spent about two hours going through every picture uh-huh. and thinking because you, I think you'd show me a picture of you from that year. I was like, okay, this is what he would have looked like. Yeah, yeah I could could not find anything. I'm absolutely fucking gutted. But uh-huh. I, know, I know it's happy days for you. You're like, yes, can't see me looking a state. <laughs> uh, so fast forwarding from March 2011, we go to March 2015. South. Preston Fuse fourth year anniversary show. It's Preston Fuse standing on the shoulders of giants. I'm pretty certain this is the show that Keith won the title on. I could be wrong. There or there about. You win it against uh, Wild Boar. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I was, yeah, that's the one. But um, you, did you come in as a heel? Yeah, and I faced Pitbull. Uh, dare I ask, how, how did you like uh, wrestling Pitbull? That's fine. Um, I, I, I saw. I think I'd wrestled him a few times actually. Come that point, because I mean, he's so, a bit. Uh, he's, he's very um, like like yourself. He likes that sort of um, amateur wrestling style, that shoot wrestling style. Um, some people think he's not too easy to wrestle. He's a bit rough around the edges. Uh, he's in, he's intense, but he's you know. He, I, I still think he's fine to work with. <laughs> but he's intense with everything. I've seen him watching football on a laptop, and he opens his <laughs> laptop intensely. Like um, Steve Saxon, Steve Saxon on this episode, he says, um, "If you have you ever watched Babyface Pitbull smoke a cigarette, he smokes intensely. Like it's it's like it's fucking brilliant. I like I love Pitbull to bits. He's he's good fun. Yeah. Um, so you against Pitbull early doors. Now you must have made a really good impression on that show." Because we instinctively started to turn you right from the very next show. So whether you were getting a reaction really early, right out the gates, that we thought, okay, something, there's something here, we need to kind of capitalise on it. Um, because at the very next show, if I remember correctly, um, you were against Keith Myatt for the Press and Few Championship. The Sexy Cab character, uh, I guess... People can identify with it straight away, can't they? The, you know, and it's fun as well. I, I, I've done it. It's not the first place as well, person for you where 
I've organically kind of just changed the baby face because in my first, in my debut for GPW, I was meant to be a heel in a battle royal, and I came out as a heel, heel face on. I'm the sexiest man in the room. You all paid to see me. And I ripped off the pants, and everyone went, yeah. <laughs> and the whole room was chanting sexy Kev when I'm meant to be a heel. And, it, you know, it's happened a few different places, uh, you know, and Pro Wrestling for You and other places. I, I guess I guess people enjoy the character, and they just... Uh, and, I, and I guess as well with the mums, the mum's going to see a stripper and they're going to go, yeah, which probably then makes, because the, the mum's now cheering. The kids yeah. Like, oh, okay, it's okay to cheer for this guy now. And I think, <laughs> yeah, it's, it kind of just happens if, you know, a lot of places that I go. I think people could, like, with some of those characters, like you said, the sexy Kev kind of character that, um, uh, like you said, yeah, we've seen it a million times before with different people, so WWE wouldn't necessarily have picked it up. So other people, when they've done it, they do it with a really straight-laced kind of face. Whereas whenever you do it, you can tell you're genuinely enjoying it. And I think that's the difference. That's what makes you different, doing that character. So other people doing that character, you can tell you're having fun. And whether you can say, yeah, it, it's, it's a heel character at its core, but... People identify with fun stuff. Fun, yeah, funny will always make money. So I think people look at you having fun, and whether you're coming out dressed as the pilot or the Baywatch uh, gear or whatever it is, because you're having fun, people are just naturally going to warm to you. Yeah, yeah, I guess it's it is one of those things. And when you see, it's like seeing the bloopers, and when you see uh, actors enjoying themselves, laughing, yeah, it makes you, doesn't it? And yeah, exactly. So uh, yeah, one one little bit I like I've got to mention from your first year with us. I completely forgot that this show exists, not for any like bad reason, but we didn't have a great turnout at Silverdale. It was December two thousand and fifteen, so still within your first year, and it was like snowing every day on the run up to it. It was raining every day. I couldn't get out to leaflet. Um, so there's about 70 people, which for the Silverdale show is vastly bad. Now, you opened the show with Rob Sharp and you had a sexy lap dance off. Oh, God, yeah. <laughs> I completely forgot that that even existed. So I'm, I'm doing a bit of research on you, which I want to shout out a massive, massive thank you to cagematch.net. We use them for, for all of our sort of... Um, sort of notes and things like that, because I don't remember every little bit. I don't remember every show name, who was booked on every show. I ain't got a fucking clue. So massive, massive shout-out to cagematch.net. And I completely forgot that this show existed. But yeah, sexy lap dance-off. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did it. Kev did it. Um, <laughs> My goodness. Now, yeah. So we're, we've got to, like, sort of... We're going to fast-forward from 2015 to 2017. Now, again... I don't know if this was intended, but your first match in Pro Wrestling View, your opponent, like you're going to be his last opponent in Pro Wrestling View. I don't know if we designed it that way, but I love the little irony of this. You won against the babyface Pitbull. He lost that loser leaves Pro Wrestling View match, and you were Pro Wrestling View champion June 2017. Yeah, it's pretty cool to come in and, and, and you know, Come in facing him, and it's almost like passing the torch, isn't it? I've come uh, in, him and then I he's mean, leave. 
Yeah, I mean, there's like a few again. Like, I, I don't like. I didn't remember this to start with, and as soon as I watched the show and you two start fighting into the crowd, I'm like, ah, oh, I know what's coming up now. <laughs> oh, oh no! <laughs> the wall. Go on, tell everybody what you did. Oh, well, it wasn't me. It was. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I got so we're, we're brawling in the crowd, and um, Pitbull throws me into the wall. And yeah, you know, I got my hands out on the wall, bang, and uh, my elbows just made dents. I think if we did it to two walls, and there's this big dents now on the wall. Yeah, oh, my arms have gone through them. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like at that time, we, yeah, I didn't really care that much. We did get a phone call from the um, uh, the club owner the next day. And we had to send like a handyman up there, like Dan, our announcer. Uh, he knew a handyman. He said, "Look, I've sorted it. Don't worry about it. I've sorted it." Um, so it was all taken care of. Plus, the, the venue loves us, so it's never going to be like a massive, uh, like a massive deal. I have got to put that match over though. Like that is a like a really, really fucking solid match between yourself and the Pitbull. It's Press Infuse release the crack, and it is available on Press if you're on demand at personfewondemand.co.uk for anyone who wants to go and watch it. So it's um, the Person Few Champion Babyface Pitbull versus uh, Sexy Kev, the loser leaves Person Few. We, ha- we had everything. There was brawling into the crowd. Um, I think both of you hit a dive, which I think that might be the first time I've ever seen Pitbull hit a dive. That, that was a new one on me. Uh, we broke walls. Both of you took a ref out. Again, I completely forgot about this. It's Pitbull sparks out Tony Barrett, and we had Johnny Johnny Goodman being the, the sort of fill-in referee when Tony's down. And I completely forgot that you kind of grab him by the scruff of the neck because he was kind of doing that Nick Patrick heel referee kind of stuff, giving you a really slow count. And it makes for such a great uh, dramatic match. I seriously cannot put that match over enough. I would put that on my Mount Rushmore a pressing few matches. It was really that good because you can hear the crowd. Please, ref, please turn. Got Leanne on the door. She's screaming. I think that was the first show uh, Dan ever came to, the announcer, Dan. He's screaming. The the kids in the front row are screaming, please, ref. And it's it's superb. So, like, I've got to give you and uh, Pitbull so much credit because that really is a fucking superb match. Yeah, I I really enjoyed that match. And my, my parents were in the crowd as well for that match. That, that was nice as well, but yeah, I, I enjoy my matches with Pitbull. Yeah, me with Pitbull, not so much. He, he takes advantage of sunburn if he spots that you've got it and gives it a little slap. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so we go from there, you're person for your champion. It, it's not lasting all that long. It's going to last through to the end of the year. Person for you does tend to work better with heel champions for whatever reason, you know. Um, whether it's just small independent wrestling companies, people want to see the bad guy eventually toppled. I don't know if there's some uh, method to the madness in that, perhaps. But we knew uh, you're going to be dropping the title to Dave Davecchio later on that year. Um, for people that were there at our October show, Press Reviews the Golden Ticket, um, we only put the finish to that match together maybe 10 minutes before doors had opened. Because um, it was you versus Dave Dovecchio, and we had Grodd interfere at one point. 
We had Geordie Stew um, come out and cash in his uh, sort of money in the bank, uh, money in the bank briefcase, and it was ten minutes before that show had started that we were still undecided of what we should do because uh, obviously we knew what we were sort of going to do, but we didn't know how really to finish the end of that show. But it does lead us into like the the show after December two thousand and seventeen. I think it's Pro Wrestling Fuse. Ho ho ho! Let's go. It's I don't know why we announced it as a hardcore match. I think because I was the announcer for the show before. I got a bit carried away. We don't do hardcore. That's a stupid... I fucking hate that. That's such a stupid word. Um, it's yourself, Jordy Stew, who uh, took a fucking amazing table bump. Like, hats off to Jordy Stew. Stew, when you listen to this back, seriously, that was actually superb. Um, you, Jordy Stew, Henry T. Grodd, and Dave Derecchio, who went on to, to win it. Uh, there is one moment in that match. I don't know if you remember, but like it's a really, really scary moment. No one's fault. Like it, it's wrestling. It's one of them things. Is it like it's like a butterfly suplex, a tiger suplex, something like that? It was. I was meant to go for an angel's wings, you know, like Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Like a sit, sit out. Um, like like kind of like a sit out pedigree almost. If you think of it that way. Yeah. Uh, so a hook pedigree. Pick them up, and then as they come down, they'd sit out with them. So they take it for like a front bump. But um, yeah, I don't know what happened. And uh, yeah, it, like I'm, I'm so thankful that he's, he was okay. Like, he was actually okay in the moment. But yeah, yeah he kind of spiked. I think he's did yeah. Did, did he land on his head? Yeah, he's uh, he kind of landed. A, I think spiked is probably the best word for it. He did land a bit awkward. I mean, Dave's got quite like a, a big neck anyway. Obviously, he's in bloody good shape. Um, yeah, it looks it looks scarier than like Dave was fine. He got in the back, no issues, no concussions, no uh, no issues at all. Yeah, he was he was fine. But it's just one of those moments where he was like, okay, okay, a little bit scary. Yeah, I, I was I I crapped myself as well on the ring. I thought, oh shit! But um, I, I guess in wrestling sometimes sometimes mistakes happen. But yeah, I've not actually gone for. I don't think I've actually gone for that move ever since. You know, it was no one's fault. It was just pure like a bit of miscommunication, perhaps. Just he thought you're going for one move, you're going for another move. It happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, now, obviously, you were you were very instrumental in helping to turn Dave Direcchio for us because we we knew he was going to turn into a babyface anyway, and we kind of wanted the um... yeah. Thank you. Uh, I enjoy my matches with with Dave as well. We have some good matches in person for you. Yeah, let you absolutely superb, and they're all up on the, you know, the press if you're onto my network. So if anyone listening, you can go and check them all out. Um, I'm going to segue you a little bit into our sort of final segment of the show because we're getting towards the sort of we've gone past an hour point so we want to kind of sort of bring you to a close a little bit now i've been asking this of a lot of people and i think it's really fucking interesting what they come out with now we've just kind of announced i think it was yesterday that when june rolls around all restrictions are going to be taken down and we can look at start putting on shows again which is absolutely fantastic but a lot has got to change before wrestling can really come back on. So, Kev, what I want from you is a stop, a start, and a continue. So something the wrestling business needs to stop, something it needs to start, and something it needs to continue. So something that we do really well that you want to see carry on. So a stop, start, and continue. 
like the Muppets Christmas Carol, you know, like a Christmas Carol kind of vibe to Turning Dave. So he was going to face people that he'd faced as a heel and slowly but surely they were going to help turn him. And you were the first person that um, at the end of the match, I think I'm, I'm pretty certain you say words to, to the tune of, I came back here to, to face the champion and I, and I can totally see why you're the champion. Without these guys, you really don't need them or anything. You are the person for your champion. And he kind of gives you a look. It's not enough. He's not going to shake your hands because that's a long way off before he turns. But we wanted you to be that first person to say something to him to start that sort of ball rolling. And I think I think we made the, the perfect choice because we went with uh, we went with Drill after, we went with Ryan Lloyd after, but you were purposefully picked um for that choice and I, I think you were the perfect choice for it. <laughs> well you put me on the sub on the spot, right? I need to think. No, that's what I do. Like I like to do improv. I don't like to plan too much. Uh hmm. Stop. I go with I go with more towards the the actual wrestling uh, in in the ring. I think stop slapping your leg on a kick. Oh, thank God you've said that. I think if you're gonna kick someone, actually kick them and rely on the noise from your kick pad. Yeah. Uh, don't yeah don't slap your legs because all the fans know and the, and the kids start copying you. They start going around kicking things and slapping the legs. <laughs> It's uh yeah, it, it's not good. So start. Uh, I feel maybe more actual proper wrestling. I enjoy the more like if we started proper uh, wrestling. In fact, learning a bit of amateur wrestling. I feel that's coming back in now. And I've had a few people say they reckon it's coming back in as well. The the idea of uh, taking someone down to the ring, front face lock, and then you know when you could have sit out, but you know when you you're going back and forth on the ground. Yeah. Amateur wrestling. At the end of the day, that's what pro wrestling came from. We came from catch wrestling. Uh, it's just evolved over time into what it is now, but it's slowly coming back. The idea of using actual wrestling in professional wrestling. That's like my biggest pet peeve. <laughs> we should be wrestlers. But uh, yes, yeah, so I think actually <clears throat> learning to wrestle, learning a martial art, having a actual legitimate well, you don't need to be like a, a master of martial artist, but actually knowing how to fight or actually be a competitor, because I think it, it, it shows when you're an actual wrestler or when you're playing wrestler. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So uh, obviously, last but not least, uh, we need to continue. We've had a stop, we've had a start, we just need to continue. Continue? Uh, hmm... It can be something like silly, honestly. If you say more shows need food in the back, you whatever, whatever you want to say. Ah, well, I think progressing for you should definitely continue putting food in the back. <laughs> that's, actually, that's actually it's it's really nice uh, and having the option of uh, you know the like the you know the, the, the little cakes and chocolates or the actual bananas. So there's actually two options for us. That's nice because not a lot of people actually do that as well. So yeah, I'd say continue doing that and other people need to catch up and start doing that for their shows. <laughs> well, you, you know what I mean? Like, we can't have you know, projector screens. We're, we're working in a, in a working men's club. Um, it's a very nice working men's club, but you know what I mean? We're not selling out football stadiums, anything like that. So the things that make us, us, um, yeah, a bit of food in the locker room, it just it makes people stay. And I, like, I kind of like seeing, because we try and put equal amounts 
of like crisps and chocolate versus bananas in there. So I like coming into the, into the locker room about halfway in and say, let's see what people have ate. Have they gone for the naughty foods? Have they gone for the good foods? I kind of want to see. Yeah, I think I end up taking like a banana with me home with me. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't, I might not eat it on the show, but sometimes as well, I, I worry about um, if I start eating like ch- loads of chocolate. I, I do. I'm one of those people. I do bloat when I eat a lot of cake and stuff. So all these cakes are backstage, and I I can't have them. I'll try not to have them until I've actually done my match. I, was it you that told me that after you do a gym session, you have a handful of Haribo? Is this you? Have I got this right? No, it's, it'll be someone else. I've heard other lads do that. Yeah, they have like a handful of for the for the sugar. Uh, yeah. I've I've told people it was you because I I don't know why I just like whether you just told me that story or something one time, and I just thought, oh well, that must be what Kev does, you know. Uh, well, I uh, we, we might have had a conversation, but I know other lads have told me that's what they do because when you have like a protein shake, you can have the protein and like sugar in it. Because it needs yeah. to get into your blood quickly, uh, but yeah, the other option is to have Haribo. But I'm not really, I'm not really fussed on Haribo or Skittles. Um, I've heard some lads that have, have Skittles straight after the session to get the blood uh, to get the sugar yeah. in. I mean, obviously, we're talking like a small handful of sweets. If anyone's listening, we're not talking smashing a bag, an entire bag of Haribo Tang plastics. I'm just going to put that one out there just as a little disclaimer. Yeah. <laughs> Right, so obviously um, we're going to bring this show to a close, mate. If you've got anything, I know obviously there's no shows, so we can't exactly uh, ask if you've got anything to promote. But do you want to give a little shout out to your got YouTube channels? So maybe that's a, a route you, you could go down if you don't do that already. Teaching, like, because I think you'd be a fucking superb wrestling teacher because like lots of people can wrestle, but not that many people can teach. And I think you've got such a good way about you that you make such a great teacher, like doing kind of holds of the week on, on a YouTube channel. Maybe that, that, yeah. that could be something that could be quite interesting. Well, there's, um, I've actually uh, done coaching at a few different training schools as well. It's something I'm definitely interested in and doing long term. Perhaps even uh, you know, hopefully open up my own training school one day. Uh, I'd love to do something like that. Uh, in fact, another route I want to go down is actually would be teaching catch wrestling as well. Yeah. Not, um, uh, actual submission wrestling. And combine the both, you know, the actual pro wrestling and catch wrestling and mixing them all in. You know, because at the end of the day, we're all trying to replicate uh, a fight. So why not yeah. start in other things as well? Yeah, absolutely. As for like my, my, uh, my hashtags, uh, if you follow me, my hashtag for... Twitter and Instagram is at Kev Lloyd Pro. So give me a follow on there. I tend to upload lovely pictures of myself. Or, uh, <laughs> or uh, you know, actual, uh, sometimes actually grappling techniques. If you're into grappling, catch wrestling, or jiu-jitsu and stuff, um, I'm really into that. So sometimes I'll share actual techniques I've done in training and things like that. Super. Like I've got to actually, I've got to say, I've let you just remembered one little thing. So, you, I before we sign off, um, I do remember making you laugh at a TNT Ignition show. I do believe it was. I remember the one we did the the segment on. Yeah, that was the one. Because um, yeah, I mean, you're you're really hard to make laugh on a show because you you smart. You're a smiley guy anyway. So 
Like you've got really good composure. You're one of those kind of guys. And it was uh, yourself and me on a, on a TNT Ignition show. I'm cutting a promo on, on people in the audience because I'm, I'm, I'm a bit of a dickhead like that. And I saw you had to like kind of almost cover your face at one point. Oh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, so anyone, anyone listens to this, I apologize, but that's my job to poke the bear. Now, I don't care which bear I'm poking as long as I'm fucking poking it. So there's someone in the crowd that's a massive Lana Austin fan. He's a lovely, lovely guy, a guy named Graham. I don't knew he was going to give me a reaction, so I said something to the tune of, there's, got, there's a guy in the front row that, that he thinks, if I buy one more Lana Austin t-shirt, she'll give me a quick hand job." And I looked at you, and you let out this little... <laughs> like, it was a lovely, <laughs> lovely little noise. Now, if I wasn't looking at you, I might have missed it. But it was one of those moments I was so fucking proud because I thought, okay, I've got him, I've got him. <laughs> I meant to be super serious, Kev. And I'm like, oh no, <laughs> I gotta cover up my face. Yeah, I remember that. I remember that now. Ah, oh, good times, good times. May honestly, this has been absolutely fantastic. Apologies about the sort of weird um, Skype's really being a pain in the arse. I might need to look at some other sort of ways of doing this podcast. But we'll edit it out. We'll make us both sound like a million bucks. There's only so much we can do with my voice, but I'll, I'll fuck it. I'll give it a bash. Kev, mate, thank you so much for doing the show. You, you are an absolute star. Cheers, thank you. Thank you for having me. I uh, really enjoyed it. Super. So, ladies and gents, this has been Series 3, Episode 13 of Snap, Crackle and Cheap Pops, the Pro Wrestling Feud podcast. He's been Mr. Sexy Kev Lord. I've been Phil Woodvine. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening. Check out Pro Wrestling For You on all social media platforms and stream our back catalogue of shows over at pw4uondemand.co.uk.